The following is an exclusive presentation of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. It's time for BYU Women's Soccer, live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pre-Match Live. Coming up, we'll hear from head coach Jennifer Rockwood, and we'll get a look at today's starting lineups. Let's begin our coverage of BYU Women's Soccer and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar soccer fans, and welcome Pitchside Inside Valley Field, home venue for the Marquette Golden Eagles. If it sounds like I'm talking on a cell phone, it's because I'm talking on a cell phone. Our broadcast console is inoperative as we've had a power outage here at Valley Fields in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Marquette Golden Eagles. No power to the venue. No stadium lights, no press box power, no lights, no broadcast equipment. So, for the time being, we are talking to you via cell phone. And should we get power back and my broadcast console becomes operative again, we will uh, we'll bring that to you at a higher quality. But now, at this point, the game tonight is in jeopardy because with no lights, there's no soccer in about 45 minutes because it'll get dark. So, for the time being, we're going to give you pre-match coverage. We'll give you a pre-game show best we can. And if we find out anything about the status of tonight's game in the next half hour, you will certainly hear it. And if we have to start tonight's game... Uh, with no lights and with no broadcast console, but on the cell phone, we will do just that. That said, that's our situation, and hopefully it is remedied shortly. But it's been no power for about a half hour and no word on if or when we're going to get power back, if or when they will call the game, and any of those decisions will hopefully get to you as soon as we receive them. But it is BYU and Marquette for the first time since the third round of the 2012 NCAA tournament when a spot in the Elite Eight was on the line. And the Cougars were victorious in penalty kicks to advance. It's the third time BYU and Marquette are playing here in Milwaukee, where the home side is 2-0 and all-time with wins over BYU in the years 2000 and 2008. I am Greg Grubel with your play-by-play call tonight. We hope. Alongside former all-conference Cougar Elena Medeiros and Elena throwing a following back-to-back losses to a pair of top five teams, Texas A&M and Stanford, BYU has bounced back with consecutive wins and scored 13 goals over those two games. 10 against Idaho State, followed by three more at Utah. Currently four BYU players have scored multiple goals, so the offensive team we suspected would emerge is starting to display its scoring touch. Absolutely. I think if you can score 10 goals in a game against Idaho State, I mean, that's saying a big thing. I think the team right now, they're really gelling offensively. And, you know, when you score goals, that brings confidence to your team. It kind of reminds me a lot of our 2014 season. We struggled to find the back of the net early on. But once we started finding it, I mean, goals, just the floodgates were opening, goals coming. And so I think that's kind of similar what the team's going through right now. They've kind of find their, found their offensive kind of edge, and now they're exploiting that. And it's been very successful. I mean, the attack also isn't just coming from those forwards. It's also coming from the defense. I mean, all good offenses start from the back. And you see Bing getting to assist in the Utah game. I mean, they're doing a great job as a team as a whole attacking together. All right, coming up next, you'll hear from BYU head coach Jennifer Rockwood as BYU women's soccer coverage continues live from Milwaukee on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pre-Match Live. It's time to get the scoop on today's match from head coach Jennifer Rockwood. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Valley Fields in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where we are still without power. No power at the press box, the broadcast booth, the stadium venue at all. We are talking to you via cell phone and hoping we get power back so we can play some soccer here tonight. It is the home of the Marquette Golden Eagles out of the Big East. BYU coming in 3-2-1. and one. Marquette 1-5-1 and one and coming off their first win of the season five nights ago at Drake. For BYU head coach Jen Rockwood and her team, 
It's a fifth road game in this a seventh non-conference contest. League play will start in 13 days. And in our pre-match interview brought to you by Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I asked Jen about this, uh, how this road-heavy non-conference slate should prepare her team for the rigors of WCC play. Yeah, really pleased with the development of this group and, and how we've progressed from game to game and challenging them nice and early and on the road. I, I think it's uh, built our, our team character and our mental toughness. And just like how we've gotten better with each game, I think you know there's always things to learn from, and that's what you hope to do is, is learn from each game, whether it's good things or bad things. And, and I think the team has got a good identity, and, and we just hope to keep that momentum going forward. How much of a shot in the arm was your win at Utah last Friday, the way it came late like it did? Yeah, I mean, that's always a huge game. You know, we, we don't talk about it until right before, but it's always in the back of everybody's minds because it's just a great rivalry. They're always a great team. seems like always crazy things happen at the game, so you just never know what to expect. But I thought we played really well. You know, I thought we kind of had control of the game when we went up 2-0, but then soccer, soccer, and, and anything can happen. And and just the fact that they continued to fight, uh, they stayed mentally tough, and, and we were able to get the winning goal, I think that that's huge. You know, um, It's a lot of fun. Um, it takes away some of the things that you want to talk about to get better because you just want to enjoy that moment. You've had some wild ones with Marquette as well, but you haven't seen them since your tournament run in 2012. Yeah, it's been a while. Marcus and I have talked about uh, doing a home-and-home home over the last few years. Uh, he likes coming to Southfield, and, and we certainly like coming out this way. And, and so we finally set it up, and... And, uh, you know, last time we saw them, it was a PK shootout in the NCAA tournament. So, obviously, it went our way. Very exciting. One of the great moments in our program's history. And so, um, you know, like I said, we, we, this is a really important game for us uh, as we prepare for conference play. we got four games left. And, you know, we we got to get better with each of these games. You're not going to see Coach Roeders down the touchline tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he came by our practice last night and, and said that he... He said, enjoy the game. I won't be there. So I was a little caught off guard. But, yeah, he, he got a, a card uh, in the last game that he didn't think he should have got. And it sounded like it was, you know, too bad. It, it's unfortunate. It happened very late. And he's such a great guy. And he's done such a tremendous job building this program here at Marquette. And, and we're good, anxious to be here. But I'm sure the, the team will, you know, follow his lead even though he's not here tonight. You've never missed a game on a red card, have you? I haven't. I haven't. I don't think I've got a yellow or a red card, actually. So, <laughs> But, you know, he had neither. He's it's the first, first red card in 30 years of his coaching. So, again, soccer, you never know what, what's going to happen when the whistle blows. What do you think of his team? Uh, you know, they've been challenged really uh, – they've been challenged a lot so far this season. You know, I'm sure they're not in the win-loss where they'd like to be, um, but they've played Wisconsin. They've played um, – uh, Michigan, they played Duke, they played North Carolina. I mean, these are all very, very good programs, and, and they've had chances in all of them. They've had the lead in several of them. So, you know, I'm sure they're anxious to be home uh, and, to, and to play a home game and, and play, you know, they, they've got to get back on track before they start their conference. So I think it's a really dangerous game for us um, with their mentality. They're going to be really hungry, and we've got to come out and match or exceed their energy tonight because it's just as important for us. And their last game was their first win, and it came on the road, so they're probably feeling a little confident right now too. Yeah, exactly. They're coming off momentum. They've been wanting to get that win, and and now to play here at home, we, we know what that's like to go back home and kind of feel a little bit more confidence and a little bit more energy, and so 
like I said, we, we've done well on the road. We've been able to match our opponent's intensity from the beginning of the game. Uh, and so that's the plan for us to do you know, yeah, tonight. Last Friday at Utah, uh, Sabrina got rung up in the game, uh, took a pretty good knock, left the game. How has she responded? Has she been cleared to go? And how do you plan to go at keeper tonight? Yeah, Sabrina did a great job in the first half. You know, there were some, some momentum shifts in that game where she had to come up with a couple of key saves for us to keep us in the game. And that's what you want from your keepers. It's kind of what we've been waiting to see. Um, from our keepers, and and uh, she was able to practice on Monday, so she's been training all week. She'll start in goal tonight, um, and uh, just look forward to that. I think she's made some great progress. So in your first six matches, you've had six different starting 11s, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. If Sabrina's good to go, it sounds like for the first time this year, you're going to have back-to-back games with the same starting group if you're going to go the way you did at Utah. Is that right? Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that same group. I, I think we have uh, we like where we are right now. We've got a good rotation of you know Cam coming in and Ella coming in and McKaylee coming in, and, and you have to have those people coming off that can continue to build uh, during the game. And so really like uh, how things are going right now, and we'll stick with that group for tonight. Saw some Cougar fans at the team hotel this morning, and hopefully a BYU uh, brings some folks out here in the Midwest tonight. Yeah, I hope so, and and hopefully some people that are in the state for the big game tomorrow might yeah. make their way up here and cheer us on. And Cougar Nation always represents really well and and comes and supports us. So we hope to see some good fans here tonight. Jen, good luck against Marquette. We'll talk to you after the match. All right, thanks, Greg. Still no power at the game venue. No power means no game lights. No game lights also means no press box lights, which means no press box power or broadcast console. So I'm coming to you on a cell phone tonight uh, for the time being. And uh, the only way that uh, this will change to broadcast quality sound is if the power goes back on. If the power doesn't come back on, there's no game to be played because they can't play the game in the dark tonight. So a lot to be decided, and hopefully soon, as we're still without power for almost an hour here at Valley Field, the home venue for the Marquette Golden Eagles. But we carry on with our pre-match coverage, hoping a game gets played. But right now, it's very much uh, in doubt. It is BYU and the Marquette Golden Eagles. Cougars seeking their third straight win. Marquette seeking a second consecutive victory after snapping a six-match winless streak to open the season. I'm Greg Rubel, joined by former BYU women's soccer 20-goal scorer Elena Medeiros. And you are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, via BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 on satellite, ESPN 960 in Utah County, along with ESPN 960sports.com, the ESPN 960 app, the BYU Radio app, byuradio.org, byucougars.com. Lots of places to tune us in. I'm glad you are tuning us in as well as BYUcougars.com slash live radio. Coming into tonight's match, three BYU players are tied for the goal-scoring lead with three goals apiece. BYU as a team has scored 16 goals in six matches. And Elena, the leading goal scorers are exactly the pairs you hoped would be leading the team in this new 4-4-2 formation. The two starting forwards, Elise Flake and Maddie Gates with three. And the attacking center mid, Michaela Coulihan with three. The players who should be getting the most looks are the players getting those looks, getting shots off, and making them count. Exactly. You always want your forwards and your attacking mids getting the most looks at goal. I mean, I think right now you're seeing leadership emerging on the field. It's established who they can look to to score goals. Sidaway is the lone senior captain. She's got great leadership on the field on and off. She's leading the team right now with three goals and assists. Elise as well, upperclassman. She's been here. She knows how to get the job done. And then Michaela, three goals, two assists, leading the team. She's got that attacking mid mentality, I think. And as, an, as a former attacking mid, I remember Jen would always say, look to get your shot off. You need to have that mentality. And I think that's pretty evident right now with Michaela. If she can't get those shots off, she's looking to dish your teammates to find the ball in the back of the net. And obviously she's doing that. She's got two assists on the season. So I think that 
those three are doing really well. And again, their teammates are doing a great job of setting up. We have 11 different players on the team right now with at least one assist. And so I think they're really connecting as a whole together, attacking unit. Time now for our pre-match player interview. And thanks, Elena. And tonight we head back to BYU's back line for a conversation with sophomore left back Josie Gwynn, who three and a half weeks ago at Nebraska suffered a shoulder injury that was expected to keep her sideline for much longer than it did. She missed exactly one game before working her way back and ultimately back into the starting 11 after this morning's game day run-through. I asked Josie about the coming back so quickly and certainly ahead of schedule. Well, initially we thought that it was going to be worse than it actually was. And when I went to the doctors to get it checked out, um, he actually told me that it was just a third-degree shoulder separation and that um, I could get back sooner than expected, like three weeks. And with that mentality, I was thinking that I was going to be out for a season. And just hearing those words made me so pumped. And I was just ready to go get after it. Like that same day, I went to the gym and I started biking. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep my cardio up. I'm going to keep my fitness up. I'm going to do the things that I can do to get back. And um, I just really took care of it. And then I was able to start practicing sooner than expected. And it's just feeling better and better. So it's really a blessing. So when you walked off the field... Uh, in Lincoln, you were thinking the worst then, probably. Yeah, definitely. Um, just the initial fall, I I felt it right off the bat, and I just I was thinking, oh no, this is not good. But it's really turned out best case scenario for me. Okay. Now with soccer, you're going to be using your legs more than your arms, but you really can't play without a fully functioning <laughs> shoulder. Tough to yeah. do your job without feeling confident in that part of your body. There was had to be some jostling involved when you got in for your first action. How did you kind of treat that, and was there any uncertainty that way? Well, I think going into any game, I knew that I shouldn't be playing unless I felt comfortable. And even if I wasn't the most comfortable going in in my first minutes, I had so much adrenaline and I was so pumped. I was like, even if it hurts, I'm still going to go for it. Like, this is not going to affect me and I'm still going to go in hard. And so I think that's just what the mentality that I needed. Okay, so recovery's gone smooth then? No setbacks? No. Rather than just the fact that I can't really throw in the ball very well yet. (laughs) I can loft it, but... Yeah, rather than that, things are going great. You had to miss one game. Uh, how tough was it to be on the sidelines at Texas A&M? That game, I was so proud of our team. We played so good. Um, it was extremely frustrating just having to be on the sideline, not feeling like I could contribute the way I knew I could. Um, just had to be positive on the sideline, cheer for my team, and it was a good learning experience for me. Okay. The A&M loss was the first of back-to-back setbacks, both to top five teams, mind you. Since then, you've bounced back with back-to-back wins, BYU has. How confident is the club coming into Marquette tonight? Um, We're all super pumped. We know that this is the most important game of the season because it's the game we're playing right now. So all of our focus is on this game, and we're all super pumped and ready to get after them tonight. The Utah win coming the way it did, how much of a, a confidence boost was that for the team? Oh, we were feeling great after that. We still are, and I think it's really important that we take the confidence we felt from that win into the next games, and the team is just, we're meshing really well, and we're playing well, and it's because we're confident on the ball. On the meshing part, it just feels like this team's got a really good vibe, get along well, good chemistry. It's got to be authentic, and it feels really genuine. Yeah, this team is not like any other I've been on. We are all so close. And it's so fun because you can feel like you can be completely yourself and um, just doing things even at practice. Like we just did a dance together with Coach Jen, you know. And um, it's just great knowing that they're all my friends, they all have my back, and we all love each other. It makes it a lot easier to play with each other when you know there's like an underlying love. 
nothing personal, but I opted out of the dance. I still can't believe you. You would have made that. <laughs> how much does off-field chemistry play into how a team ideally puts it together on the field? Oh, I think it has a lot to do with the performance that a team puts together. Um, over summer, we really worked on it, and we did a lot of things outside of soccer together as a team. And I just feel like it's made the complete difference going from previous years to this year it feels completely different like going to practice it's fun because we're all competitive we're all friends and it's fun that way okay even though you missed a game and then had to come in as a reserve for the next couple how do you feel uh back line continuity is coming along right now we are a tight group in the back line and um and now i think that with shay getting some more experience we've got more depth to our bench in the um, defensive line as well and we're all just one unit and it's really awesome that way and we're all super good friends and so uh, we know that if we make a mistake we're not going to get chewed out completely you know like there's that love there so we'll get on them but we know that we'll work together as a back unit and get it done all right Josie always good chatting with you good luck tonight against Marquette thank you so much Greg all right, that is BYU sophomore outside back Josie Gwynn. And just to update, we are coming your way live from Valley Fields here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Marquette Golden Eagles. And uh, I'm on a cell phone uh, tonight because my broadcast console is not powered up, and that's due to loss of power here at the venue. Power got knocked out about an hour ago, and it still has not come back, and we've received no word about anything. Status of power, status of the game. So we are flying somewhat blind right now and soon will be as the sun is going down and there are no lights on here at the venue. And so no lights means no game. We hope the game doesn't get canceled or postponed, but that's a possibility as we're now an hour without power here at Valley Fields where it's one hour darker than you are if you're listening to us back in the mountain time zone. So Greg Grubel and Elena Medeiros on hand in our broadcast booth at the press box and waiting for word of any kind about either power or status of tonight's game. But right now, we are in a holding pattern, hoping that power gets restored. In the meantime, we soldier on, giving you pre-match coverage for a match we hope gets played but cannot guarantee at this point. Cougar Pre-Match Live continues. Live from Milwaukee after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pre-Match Live, getting you ready for BYU women's soccer. For more pre-match coverage, here is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We hope we are getting you ready for BYU We're doing our pre-match coverage as if a game will be played, but right now that is very much in question. As uh, here at Valley Fields in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home venue for the Marquette Golden Eagles, we are without power as we have been for an hour, and that means no game lights. And without game lights, you can't play a game because it's about to get dark here in Milwaukee. And with no power to the venue, that means no broadcast equipment powered up. So I'm coming to you on a cell phone. Thank you for bearing with me. Again, we're bringing you our pre-match coverage as if we have a regular game to play. Hope you're enjoying it, but if the quality is not what you've come to expect from a broadcast standpoint uh, relative to broadcast lines, it's because I'm on a cell phone tonight coming to you, hoping we get power restored. So we are in Milwaukee hoping for BYU and Marquette tonight. It'll be the fifth all-time meeting if it plays. Officially, Marquette leads the series 2-1-1, and but the one draw ended with the overtime penalty kicks and a BYU win in the 2012 NCAA tournament to advance to the Elite Eight. Uh, the Marquette coach that night is still the coach today, but he won't be the coach here tonight because he got a red card in the Drake game last Sunday and is suspended for tonight's game. But his name is Marcus Roeders. He's never had a losing season in 22 seasons as the head man here in Milwaukee. To keep that track intact, he and his team 
will need to rebound from a sluggish start. Marquette is 1-5-1 and one to open the season, but coming off their first victory of the year last Sunday at Drake. It is noted Coach Rovers in that game picked up a red card late in the match, so he misses tonight's game on suspension. His assistant, Ashley Bears, spoke with me a short time ago and uh, says the Golden Eagles enter this now three-game homestand, starting with BYU, hopefully, as a pretty energized team. You know, after a win, you always have that momentum kind of moving forward and that boost. But um, I think consistently uh, practices haven't been bad, so just not getting the results and the final product. So it hasn't been too much of a problem. Our trainings, um, now it's just putting together the pieces to get more wins uh, in that category. So it's certainly good energy after a win has to be. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. How close do you think you guys were, by the way, even though you weren't getting the results? Did you feel like it was just around the corner for you? I think uh, our schedule, I mean, great competition. We're looking forward to another great match tonight. Um, but we came close. But when you play great competition, there's no room for error. So I think that uh, says a lot about, you know, who we're playing and our team too, what we need to clean up and uh, fix and, and make sharper moving forward so we can get the results at the end of the game. Even when uh, the points weren't coming the way you would have liked, what was consistent, do you think, uh, through the first, say, six matches uh, that, that you were able to see maybe more evidence of in, in the last one? Uh, from, you know, the start of the season into where we're at now, I think we've taken little pieces from each game and built on to what we need uh, need to do. So we're, get, we're definitely getting closer. We're making strides in the right direction um, as far as keeping the ball a little more on forced turnovers, a little more organized as a unit, um, and then just playing, uh, trying to put together a full 90. I think we, we've, you know, we, we can say we did it because we got the result on mm-hmm. Sunday, but a true 90 minutes, I think we're still on the hunt to, to see what we can do and do it consistently for that 90 minutes. And, and when I say that, it's, you know, Playing clean, playing strong, winning the ball is 50-50, no timeouts. So we need to we need to figure out how to um, put together the full 90 and, and keep it that way moving forward. Okay, no wholesale changes, but a few pieces got moved around over the course of the first first month of the season. How do you feel about the group you're putting out there in terms of a starting 11? Yeah, you know, you always want to put out what you think is going to be the the strong uh, lineup to start. Uh, at the same time, since we are making some changes and shuffling personnel and players around, uh, everyone needs to be ready, and that's the mentality that we've been telling telling our players uh, when when it's your time to step in the field, whether it's from the start or um, once the game gets going, they need to be ready for uh, for the game and tuned in and focused, and and there's no no timeouts. So, uh, your keeper Maddie Henry's been busy this year, hasn't she? <laughs> She's been busy, yeah. but. You know, we're happy that she's back there, and she's always up for the challenge. Uh, She's got a great demeanor, good head on her shoulders, and she's been fantastic. I mean, it can, like you said, going uh, record we have right now, it's easy to get down, but she's just been a great attitude, great mindset. You hear from the back, uh, getting the team going and just keeping them on track. And, uh, yeah, she's she's up for the challenge, and I think we've – We've seen a lot of great things from her, but we also hold her to a high standard. So we're uh, we're excited to see what else she can do for us. Hopefully, not be as busy. So uh, the other ones need to step up so she can have a little break herself. Okay. Finally, thoughts on BYU? Oh, you know, in just years, and even as a former player, yeah. um, excited for the game. Another great opponent. They're going to come at us. They're high pressure. Uh, they'll they'll get after it from the start, and that's just. Who, who they are and really respect them as a team. Um, so it's up to us to 
to not just respond but be prepared for what they're going to throw at us and see if we can bring our game to them, especially under the lights at our field. All right, that is Marquette assistant coach Ashley Bears. Time now for tonight's Wilner and O'Reilly's Laws of the Game feature brought to you by Wilner and O'Reilly, immigration solutions in Utah and abroad at wilneroreilly.com. And here's tonight's rules scenario. A player from Team A takes a corner kick. The ball hits the goalpost and rebounds to the same player who then kicks it into the goal. Is this a goal? The answer is coming up next, as well as tonight's starting lineups. And we hope the opening kick, but I'm not calling that a real high percentage right now because we are still without power here at Valley Fields in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So no power to the venue, uh, no lights to the field, and it's getting dark because the sun has gone down. And the only announcement we've had is that if and when power gets restored, they'll warm up for 15 minutes and then play. But whether they'll play is very much a question. But we continue with our pre-match coverage on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. At Valley Field in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where there's still no power to the game venue and still no definitive word on if the game will be played tonight. It is getting darker by the minute the sun has gone down. Still no power restored no broadcast booth power restored, no PA, no stadium lights, no scoreboard, no broadcast equipment. So we are truly uh, operating without any source of power. And the only way you're hearing me now is on cell phone. And so I've been uh, on the cell phone the entire pregame. And we are giving you a pre-match coverage with no guarantee that the game will actually be played. But we hold out for that. In the meantime, let us get you uh, tonight's Wilner and O'Reilly Laws of the Game Game Scenario segment. A player from Team A takes a corner kick. The ball hits the goalpost and rebounds to the same player who then kicks it into the goal. Is this a goal? And the ruling is no goal. And you award an indirect free kick from the point the individual played the ball a second time. According to Rule 17.2.3, the kicker shall not play the ball a second time until after the ball has been touched by another player. If the ball hits the goalpost and rebounds toward the kicker, that player shall not play the ball until it has been touched by another player. And that is laws of the game brought to you by Wilner and O'Reilly and this is BYU women's soccer on the new skin BYU sports network